right. Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other one is just along for the ride. And I need to mute that. We are on Instagram Live now, <laughs> if you were there. Um, Tyler, what's up, man? What's up? Happy New Year to, to you, all our, our peeps. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're stepping into the Kardashian realm here on Instagram. This is pretty <laughs> big stuff. So are you saying makeup tutorials are on, on in the works? You're going to give some makeup tutorials there that we can do? I mean, we could, yeah, I think that's the nature of this platform. So we might, we might want to start uh, getting some ideas. I, I think the players would dig, you know, some, we could do, Ooh, I could, there we do we some go. eye black designs. Some swag 101. That's, that's how you take over Instagram baseball is <laughs> eye black makeup tutorials. <laughs> Heard it here first. Um, we're gonna get Mike on that for sure. AK <laughs> Lewis. Um, yeah, we've we were just talking about offline. We are we've been on sabbatical. We're like, hey, we have this break, let's do some stuff. And then the break hit, and we're like, I don't want to do anything. It's not because we don't want to do anything, but there's really not a lot to talk about. Like <laughs> that, and just every day is kind of like a you know, you might have some family thing going on. Of course, there were it felt it really oh, felt like this year man. between Christmas. In the new year, it was like a week of just like, I, I don't want to think about anything else. And that was a good portion of the time that I had off. So, yeah, uh, it, it was a little, yeah, unexpected just how everything played out. But when we are, you, we're back. When you work as hard as we do in our other part of our lives, like you, we have to take these breaks and we're going to just ramp up. We're going to figure out our lives and we'll come back strong February, March when baseball actually starts. But like everybody else is still doing their thing, right? You got, you got DNVR. Susie's holding down the fort last few weeks. It looks like Patrick has taken a well-deserved break himself. Um, <laughs> yeah. The affected by altitude does Skyler and um, Evan keep doing their thing. I don't know how they find things to talk about for an hour every week, but they're doing yeah. it. And the Rockies now guys, they're, <laughs> they're coming out strong, man. They're consistent with their stuff. I love that. And Drew Creaseman, he's, he's on his solo pod once a week, once a, twice uh once every two weeks talking about random stuff diving into things so like the rockies content is there and there's not a lot that we can do on the prospect side of things in this weird offseason um part so our bread and butter why waste your time with us talking about nonsense all the time so we're going to give you about 45 minutes now to talk about random stuff give you some prospects people things to talk about and tyler's here so you know some data is going to be shown thrown your way <laughs> we are going to act smart at least when we can um so the talk of the town is like i just said like there hasn't been a lot to talk about for the prospect stuff right but the mlb.com released their possible breakout prospects in 2024 they said robert Kalaus, which fantastic answer um yeah like he's going to probably start in fresno probably maybe get a late call to spokane uh but big outfielder he just dominated the acl dsl last year so he, he, he's gonna be a good one he was he's the one that got the big money right the most in rockies history international I, money. I, I think that might have been or is that dion I think that was yeah, Dion Jorge, who yeah, Patrick Lyons, that's his his pick to click. Um, but Kalaz, I mean, I think there's more excitement there because yeah, you never see, and I forget who pointed this out, and I wish I could give credit. Um, I saw a little clip on Twitter, someone hyping him up. You never really see guys produced for power, especially home runs in the DSL. Like you'll see a guy lead the league with like seven home runs. And I think Kalaz right. had I think he, he had, had seven, seven home runs, yep. which and they they play half a season. Uh, again, there's just not a lot of home runs down there. So for him to do that, it's like, okay, this guy's a legit power prospect. He hit pretty well 
um, the word on the street, he's, he's got some speed. He can play center field. So five tool, Mike Trout. Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have a nice little battle for center in the future. Like Kalaz, he's 19. He's 18. Yeah. <laughs> but like you start there and you just keep going up the list. You got Benny Montgomery, who's had a pretty solid year last year. Minus these weird freak injuries. You got Jordan Beck who can play center. You got Brenton Doyle. Um, like, there's some talent in center that we haven't seen in a long time, but it, it's exciting. But Robert Kalaz, yeah, I, I love that pick. Like you said, Patrick chose Dion Jorge. Who's your dude? Like, you're, you're going to come out of left field with it. I absolutely love it. So where are you, where are you going with it? Who's your breakout I, prospect? I mean, I've been since, – since the trade happened in the summer, I've been like – it's just one of those that makes you kind of feel – or at least me feel all like warm and fuzzy inside. Jake Madden. It is one of those electric arms. We saw him, saw you know that trade go down. Get Jake Madden. You see those clips on Twitter circulate, and it's this dude who's skinny as can be, and he's just slinging mid upper nineties, and he's still figuring a lot out. And so there's there's a gamble in saying he's the breakout guy, but if he figures anything out, uh, you're gonna you're gonna be looking at a guy who maybe you know creeps into the top ten, definitely into the consensus top fifteen for Rockies prospects. Uh, there's just so much upside there with, with again, a mid to upper 90s arm. Um, he's got the ability to spin the baseball. So I'm, I'm really hoping that he just figures out the consistency side of things. I mean, he has a clean delivery, but it's still, you saw, you see plenty of guys. Helker Solvaris comes to mind. Everyone was thinking about how clean his delivery was. But, you know, there's there's a lot of other just really precise points in, in the mechanics that are, are, are the real significant thing. Um, and he's got to figure a little bit out, but if he does, that dude's going to be, uh, you know, talked about as a potential top of the rotation guy for Colorado, which, which we would absolutely love. And like, and one of those trades actually working out like what, what we gained five pitchers last year, six pitchers in the trades between the angels and Atlanta. And so like, if two or three of those work out like as a major league two or three years like that's a win and so jake madden you got tanner gordon who's on the cusp too um my breakout i I almost want to say ryan ritter but i think he had his breakout last year same with yankee l um i i think i want to go connor stain again if you've been following us like you know Connor Stane's my guy he clean smooth delivery he was starting to figure out how to get through the rota- uh the lineup two or three times by the end of last year he was starting to learn how to pitch instead of just throw which was super important in his development last year there of all the Fresno pitchers I watched last year Connor Stane was that guy and just seeing his development just from the simple eye test I don't have any of those cool numbers or anything like that it's just the eye test and just what he was able to do and fight through some of the struggles he was getting through at the beginning of the season to the end. There's something there. I could see him kind of doing a Jared candy up in Spokane, like going innings, going five innings, like most of even his long outings, like long outings, like through the lineup two times in the first two innings type outings. He was, he was still trying to get you three or four. He's a dog. He's out there constantly. Absolutely. His delivery is so smooth. I just, there's something there with Connor Stain, and I think he's going to be my breakout. I do like you, you kind of wrote it as like a possible on your list. Isaiah Copet, um, Pope, uh, the dude from Ohio State that we got in the draft last year. Uh, he's, he's going to be fun too. I like his, his breaking stuff. It's going to be fun to see how it develops. Yeah, he, he, he kind of has that weird like wiffle ball looking 
you know, breaking stuff. So that'll be a lot of fun. But had to get, yeah, had to get the Connor Stain data out here since Thank June you. 24th. June 24th on through the rest okay. of the season last year, which was only nine starts. I think, I don't know why he, he was only hurt. made. He was hurt in a little bit in there. I think August was rough for him. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he, he had to miss a start at late, uh, late August, I think. But nine starts. And the, the ERA is not pretty at 4-3-4, but it's still good. Here's the, the kicker, though. Uh, 51 strikeouts to seven walks. Really, really clean there. Um, and if you took out – there was one outing, 1.2, he gave up nine. If you took that out, I'm guessing his ERA in that stretch was, like, in the, the low twos. Uh, so he really did figure it out down the stretch. He was 7-1. and one, You know, we don't care about win-loss record that much, but 7-1 and one in those nine – uh, nine. Well, I guess actually had ten games, nine starts. So kind of misspoke a little bit, but uh, seven and one record. Like he was putting them in position to win every single time. Um, yeah. Outside of that one outing, uh, I am not going to be able to crunch those numbers to take that one outing out. But I'm guessing uh, from from mid June on, it was like a low mid two ERA kind of thing. Was not walking guys, striking out a good amount. So Connor Stain is like. People were really high on him coming out of the draft, mm -hmm. and things didn't run out of the gate, but he really, really pieced some things together. And, it, and it's kind of like Jake Madden, super live arm, tons of upside, and and we saw some of that upside realized. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Like every one of those outings that you talked about, except for two, he went five innings plus. I'm looking at his baseball reference, and he finished the year with two back-to-back -back starts where that went six plus, and he only threw 80 pitches in those. You want to go back to the beginning? He threw 90 pitches in five innings. He threw 68 pitches in 2.2 innings in his third start, 72 pitches in his uh, second start. So his pitch count went down, his winnings innings went up. So I think there's definitely something there. And Tyler, we're idiots. Like he only made nine starts because minor league starters only pitch once a week. And by the time you go from June to the end of uh, August, yeah. that's only nine weeks. So, <laughs> and his very last outing yeah. was a three inning uh, relief appearance where he went three innings of relief and um, allowed one run. So, and I think there was some, definitely some arm management injury stuff that went under that. Cause he missed, yeah. or that was, that was on 10 days rest. So I, I think that there was a little extra there. Yeah. But so Connor Stain, your boy, um, Jake Madden. Are are the two that we're going to watch? I think we got to be watching these arms closely this year. Like we need something on on the cusp coming up, and we're going to talk about the prospects to debut, most likely to debut this year, um, for the major league club down at the end of the end of the pod. So nice little teaser there for you to stick around. But I mean, there's other names on here: Seth Halverson. You could go Zach Agnos, who might have had a breakout. I don't know if you count Agnos as a breakout or not, but. You have these guys, and then you have still so many names since in Hartford and Albuquerque that we can't even get to. So there's gonna be there's gonna be some arm talk all all year about these uh, going through going forward. Um, is this new to me? So I saw Thomas Harding his MLB blog newsletter thing. He's saying the Rockies are having an off season prospect mini camp. Did you see this? Yeah, and I mean this is I... new, right? I'm not sure. I can't say for one way or the other because I feel like I see things like this pop up every year, but I don't know if it's ever been so official like this. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I saw I saw a little Amador like weightlifting video the other day, and now I was like, all right, that that kind of looks like Arizona, and it makes sense because he was in Arizona. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool to have all those guys together and and hopefully do um, 
you know, we've, we've been teased with the lab. Hopefully they're doing a yeah. lot of, uh, you know, new, new wave kind of stuff with these guys to figure things out. Like, here's how you can, you know, really make things more efficient for yourself. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's nice for them to get that time though, before all the big dogs roll into town. Uh, this, this gives them an extra like couple weeks to, to really prepare. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. So I'm just gonna read Thomas's blurb here. So it's it's for a week in the middle of January, January fifteenth through the nineteenth. Um, it is voluntary, but you can expect to see these names. These are one that he highlighted: um, Adele Amador, Julio Carreras, Dollander, Beck, Benny, uh, Veen, uh, Sterling Thompson, Drew Romo, Willie Mack, and Braxton Fulford. Three catchers. Are we actually gonna get a backup? I don't know. Um, invited two young pitchers. Coming back from TJ, so this will be really interesting, especially with the content that comes out from that, is Gabe Hughes and uh, Jackson Cox. Um, so we saw all those guys get TJ in the middle of June last year. They're starting to come back, ramp up. Maybe we see him in June again, but those are big ones. Um, and just a little blur from Jesse Sender, the assistant director. It's a chance to get a group together and help give them the resources that they need both on and off the field as we head into 24. It's a mix of leadership with being the key term for what we're going to do off the field. Are the Rockies doing something? Like you said, the lab, this mini camp, you've been taught. Everybody we talked to has like the mental health coach. Like they're saying they work with that during the season. There's, is there something happening? There's something cooking. Like they were messing with the swings of Brenton Doyle and Tolia and Montero at the end of last season in the majors. This might be a, I get is this our Christmas gift? Is this our New Year's resolution for the Rockies? Like, hey, they're doing something cool. You know, it 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 might be. You think about how many exciting bats that there are. You know, not all of them are gonna click in any way. Uh, but you think back to those days where the Rockies truly had like eight guys in their lineup who were threats at all times. Um, and there there's a chance that they could kind of get back to that. There, there's yeah. just so many options. There's a couple guys already there. Uh, there's a few spots that are going to be turning over. You think about, you know, left field's uncertain. Um, first base, kind of a, a weird spot. Second base is going to have some kind of weird, uh, you know, thing going on there. We don't we don't know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> but you're, you're just hoping that the guys that are, are playing there in a like a year, uh, sometime this season and then especially in, in 2025 are like those guys and, and we can have a deep, offensive group just it seems like they're they are trying to create this as like a generation of guys instead of like all right a couple here a couple there it's like like 2025 should be like they're hopefully like five new starters kind of in that in that lineup yeah it's i like how you said that generational thing they're kind of bringing all these people up kind of at the same same track um it'll be interesting so mini camp winter league starting to cl- kind of close out i think um the dominican is starting to do their playoffs or about to finish the playoffs or something um so like with that how do the rockies get better like obviously we still need a starting pitcher right they haven't done anything no, they're, they've spent just as much money as the yankees and the cubs on free agents um in the soft season <laughs> take that how you want but <laughs> They're obviously got to be adding a, a fifth starter, a sixth, fifth, sixth starter here. What are some of these names that are still out on the free agent list that are realistic? Um, I saw I'm big on Frankie Montes. I think it would be cool to come, but I saw he was connected or heard he was connected to the Reds, uh, which kind of sucks. But who are some of these other names on this free agent list that could 
possibly not help us get to 100. <laughs> well, and, and before I get into that, yeah, Frankie Montes did at, he did sign with the Reds, and that's why okay. Austin Wins got designated for assignment oh, that was to make the space okay. for for Montes. But yeah, I'm I'm in that boat. He did get a lot. Of, I think it was like a one year, 14 million dollar contract, which I was like, for a guy who hasn't pitched in pretty much a year and a half, like that was a pretty big contract. But kind of makes sense. He he's he's a you know he's a dude. Uh, but the th- I don't know if I want to say three. There's a few guys that I, I think the Rockies could be in connection with. Clearly, they're still on the market. They don't have this like huge, you know, inferno of a of a market going for them. The the kind of shortlist for me, Mike Clevenger, who I do think is going to end up getting a pretty big market and signing elsewhere. But mm-hmm. the the four that I think are are the most realistic, Michael Lorenzen, who we've seen whether it's like real concrete and tangible connection to the Rockies, we've seen connection to the Rockies. Like people have said, Lorenzen's a fit, blah, blah, blah. Sean Manaya uh, was with the Giants last season. I think he's a fit. We we see this hype around him. He added a sweeper last season. And after that was like a three ERA guy, uh, really, really good stuff down the stretch for him. Zach Granke is kind of an interesting one. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really support it. Cause I, I Zach Granke is one of my favorite pitchers of, you know, this century, uh, and by, I mean, 21st century, not like of the last hundred years. Uh, I don't, I'm not going back that far, <laughs> but Zach Granke is just, he's such a cool guy. I want his legacy to just stay as clean as it can. And I don't know if a uh, Jamie yeah. Moyer stint in Colorado is yeah. what we, I, I want out of him um, or for the Rockies. And then James Paxton, who I think we saw a little bit of the connection again, not entirely sure if that's, you know, rooted in something or not, but there was some James Paxton to Colorado, like murmuring but again could have been just people saying things uh because he, he kind of makes sense as a fit he's a, he gets enough ground balls he's a power lefty uh the real thing for me is you want a guy who's going to stay healthy because last season we got you know screwed with the health uh you're down at one point they were down all five of their opening day starters um <laughs> so i mean jose ran if you count them in that but they were down pretty much everyone at some point so i don't love the idea of bringing in like a james paxton who and he's at, he's totaled like a hundred innings the last two or three seasons. So he's not a health guy, but I, I really like the idea of bringing in a Lorenzen or Manaya. you know, wouldn't be mad about Paxton would love Granky just for the fun of it. But again, I don't want that for Granky. <laughs> no, not at all. No, nobody needs that. So, yeah. So who are you putting? Are they signing any of these guys? I mean, who, I, I think, who would you like the most? What I like the most, I'd I'd probably go with Manaya. I don't love I don't really love Lorenzen. I think that there was too, you know, small of a but he threw a like, no-hitter last year. Yeah, and then he got booted out of the rotation <laughs> the season. Um I, I just don't he was a two-way guy for like the longest time. He finally started, you know, rotation only, and it worked. But I, I think he's gonna end up getting more money than I think he's gonna be one of those free agent signings that you look back and you're kind of like, yeah. I don't think that guy was worth of like 12 yeah. mil a year getting like, you know, a $30 million contract, something like that. Uh, so I'd probably go Sean Manaya Again, that sweeper got added, looked really good. He has a, a much longer track record in the past of being a good starter. But yeah, I, I don't think the Rockies go this direction to address that rotation. Uh, I think they're going to add a, a minor league contract guy later in the season. I think there's a lot of options actually on, on that front. Yeah, um, there, there's like, I, I, published that that article a couple weeks ago a month ago at this point maybe uh there's a lot of guys you think of spencer turnbull i know you might have some opinions being in the near detroit um 
could go, you know, deep down this list. You've got a Dakota Hudson, formerly of the the Cardinals. Don't want to, you know, manifest this, but Dallas Keuchel is out there. Carlos Carrasco. There's there's definitely a lot of guys out there that are probably going to have to take a minor league deal. And for them, the Rockies are like a team that they could very easily win a rotation spot. So I'm thinking they're going to end up getting a guy like that. Um, one of those fringe guys, maybe getting yeah. a major league contract, but probably not. And, and that's how they're going to address the rotation. Yeah, that probably makes sense. The tie block-esque piece, like adding a few more minor league pieces with that. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I don't, I don't, there's no, are they going to sign a major league contract for a starting pitcher? Probably not. Should they? Yes, but yeah. I don't. Who knows? And there's a whole bunch of questions that come up with that. And like you said, wins got DFA'd. So dude, man just made like a million dollars for a week <laughs> with the reds. I think is how it worked out with his, his piece. Do we see wins coming back now? Now his name's coming back. All the other backup catchers that we were kind of hoping for kind of they're, they're with somebody by now. Um, but wins back out there. Do the Rockies bring it back? <laughs> I, I think it's possible, but the fact that the, I mean, I guess what happened with the Reds, his contract was actually, it was it was kind of a weird one. He was on the 40-man roster, but his salary actually wasn't guaranteed. I, I looked into more. It was oh, okay. like he was going to get paid for how long he was on the team, which is is interesting. But he could have made over 950K, which basically was what the Rockies could have just paid him on a minor league contract from the, the get-go. Um, right. So it makes me think they want to go in a different direction, you know, for wins, having come from two of these these real smart organizations in the Giants and the Dodgers. Um, you know, word on the street, he was the the new code. He came in, was like the code breaker, was trying to kind of introduce some stuff from those other organizations. He might have felt too much like the pop in the room of like, what am I? I didn't sign up to be like a, a coach I don't here. want this yet. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that might be, you know, something that, that he enjoys. So who, who really knows? I'm going to I'm going to guess that he doesn't come back. Though. I think there's other teams that will be like, hey, that's a good third catcher to have in the mix um we can give him a decent you know amount of money to to eventually be a backup for us at some point but um nothing you know guaranteed yeah i, I that makes sense that makes sense especially when you're adding those three catchers into that mini prospect camp i don't know maybe there's something they're trying to figure out with that willie mciver question mark i hope so um <laughs> all right and last free agent talk brought it up i was talking to a buddy we Basically, our text messages are about Rockies. That's about all we talk about. <laughs> He's kind of the jaded fan. I've been I was all all aboard the Rockies train, and then what's happened over the last few years? He just stopped watching, which that's 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 fine. But we talk about Rockies still, and he's like, "The Rockies should sign Reese Hoskins." I'm like, "No, <laughs> why should, would we do that?" So I was like, "All right, we're going to put this out on Twitter. We're going to see what happens." <laughs> and out of 213 people that took the time to vote, 75% of them said yes, 25% of them said no. Why are 25% of us correct? Because <laughs> there's no way you're on the Hoskins train. I know you're not. There's no way. I will say this is kind of a funny one because I voted yes. Because it's like if they signed him, it'd be it'd be fun. He's a he's a really good hitter, huge power. Uh I mean, I just want the Rockies to like have a more entertaining lineup, like. What really got me, I, I think for everyone, what got us all deep into Rockies baseball is seeing like crooked numbers put up. I, I love seeing, you know, a random 13 runs in a, in a home game. And without bats like a Reese Hoskins, I think you're just not going to see as much of that. And that's what makes games fun for me. Okay. So that's kind of why I'm pushing for that. Realistically, 
It doesn't make any sense. So I'll get, I will, <laughs> okay. that. it makes zero sense. They have Chris Bryant. They have Charlie Blackman. If they didn't have one of the two of those guys, like I'd be like sending a tweet out every day. Like let's get Reese Hoskins on the Rockies, but you have a guy who's supposed to be the regular first baseman who's getting paid like $25 million. You have a DH who's going to get paid. Like I forget that was like $14 million or something too. And those are the two, you know, those are guys who are locked into the lineup. You're not going to bench either one of them. And so I don't see where Reese Hoskins actually fits in um, unless Chris Bryant goes back to the outfield. And I I don't think they want to do that. So it makes no sense, but it'd be a ton of fun. It, it, It would be fun. I think he would make the lineup better, but where the Rockies are, the two names you just mentioned, and then you have Montero, no more options left. Like he either plays or he's DFA'd or he's traded. He has to be on that opening day lineup. Um, until otherwise, Michael Tolia, we'll talk about in a little bit, and then Hunter Goodman, who you don't know. So, you're adding another name into that six name debacle there. I don't, I don't know if that <laughs> works. Like you, I, I like the idea of Reese Hoskins. Give me Reese Hoskins on a minor league deal all day. Like, he could go down in Albuquerque and do Chris <laughs> Bryant hits, like, hits the IL in July. Like, you bring up Reese and we have a CJ Crone type deal. Um, and then we get extended and we just play that whole roulette thing. Who was it? Mark Reynolds, who kind of started that whole thing when we brought him back and he hits and then he's extended. And then we did it with CJ and that kind of stuff. I'm on board with that kind of stuff, but like signing <laughs> Reese Hoskins to like a $5 million major league contract, I think would be absolutely ridiculous. He is a good hitter, but he did play last year. And the last time he did play, his numbers were not as good as his career. So you have to kind of take that effect. But then you also have Coors, who, if you ask John Heyman, <laughs> it just inflates the numbers. But we won't put that in account for the Hall of Fame vote, but it will affect my Hall of Fame vote. Fuck you, John Heyman. Um, <laughs> so it, it's interesting. I just it's it was it was a fun little conversation. It was a fun question. I don't. They won't. They shouldn't. They need a left-handed bat. I don't. I don't think Reese is joining us. Um, and I think he'll. I think he'll get a market. Like he's not gonna. Like you said, I think he'll probably get a little more than five million. Up. But he's gonna get like probably ten or less for for the year. And a team's gonna say, "Hey, that's a guy who like literally hit fourth in our lineup." And you yeah. don't find guys like that on the free agent. There's, there's not that many hitters on the free agent market. Period. It's like Cody Bellinger, and then who's the next best hitter? And, yeah. and there's, I don't, I don't know the answer to that because it's not pretty. That's not a pretty picture <laughs> no. in the free agent market. And this whole market is really weird right am i am i wrong in saying that like we are two months away from no we're a month and a half away from pitchers and catchers reporting they report around valentine's day and yet we have all these free agents all these teams still these needs like cody bellinger there's there's some question marks (laughs) through his year last year but he performed last year but is scott boris holding that back but like why isn't reese hoskins signed like why aren't some of these other guys signed at this point when you kind of you know that you kind of need him or not. It's 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 a weird offseason. I don't remember it being like this. Yeah, I mean, I think this was a weird one because from the beginning, it was a shallow free agency. Like there were there were a lot of good was, pitchers, right. and like some of them kind of went off the board like that. We were really waiting on Otani and Yamamoto, and then otherwise, it was kind of like, uh, who who cares? Like there were a <laughs> I few, mean, there were a few guys. yeah. Yeah, there were some there's I mean, you still have Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery out there who are pretty legit starters. But there were like there was like two superstars and they were the two Japanese guys on the market. I think a lot of stars beyond that, uh, but just a very shallow class. And and I think what does usually happen is you see a lot of those guys who are not like 
you know, guys who teams want to have in their future plans. The, the one-year contract guys, I think a lot of them sit until this mid-January, early February time. Um, you know, we saw Chris Bryant sign it. I think that was early February because I remember he came to yeah. the club after signing and everyone's already set. He comes into the locker room with like whatever is his stuff. And he he's like, oh, that's my locker. OK, um, last year, Brad Hand signed in like I think March. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see a big run these next few weeks. And I really hope we do because I could use some news. I could we really use some news. We need something, um, but also let the market develop because that if the Rockies are going to get into the mix, it's not going to be because they have initiated the market. Like other teams are going to say, okay, I want Jorge Soler. Okay, I'll take JD Martinez, and that starts to trickle down these bats because a lot of them probably do have offers right now. But they are like, we're not going to take an offer right now, knowing another one might come in soon. They're kind of biding their time and making sure everything's like situated. Um, and but once some guys start to sign, it's gonna be it's gonna be quick. But there's there are a lot of like starters, and I don't mean starting pitchers, I mean like starting caliber right. players, like some starters, a lot of bats who could start in a lineup. Uh, you know, not your franchise changing changing guys, but there's there's a lot of legit players. And I I don't know how this is all gonna play out because there's there's so many like okay players. Yeah, it's <laughs> we like you said, we need something else. Um I mean, speaking of news, do you want to touch on the Wander Franco stuff or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just late. <laughs> we'll do that to you. Um, so it start doing something, agents and teams. But like you, I think you're right. Right around February, March, spring training, once they're, they're all out there in Arizona trying to fight for a spot or something, team to come see them play will happen. Um, let's do winter ball update. Um, let's talk a little bit about winter ball. We saw some good things. This is going to be brought to you by our one advertiser, Daily Controls, all for all of your automation needs. Um, like I say, every ad, I still have no idea what that means, but I think he's good at what he does. He does create things. He does problem solve. He is he's fantastic. So if you are out in Hartford listening to us, Fresno, he will travel out to you. He'll, he really wants to go to Denver. So if you're listening to Denver and you have a machine that needs to be fixed or created or um, trial and error, Call my man, Daily Controls, dailycontrolsllc.com. Um, if you can't get that, just message us. We're open. We got you. Um, the Winter League, man. It's It was kind of fun going through the stats last night because you can't, like, see a list of who's where. Like, you literally – I had to click on the Puerto Rican League, yeah. click on that, go through the top 100. They only give 100 names on the baseball reference and see which names were connected with the Rockies. And like you caught one, I miss Angel Sabelli. I missed completely missed him, but I got Anderson Pilar, which most people wouldn't have. Yeah. So props <laughs> to me. Um, but let's start in Puerto Rico. Um, we had four players, four players playing there, played there. I'm not sure they're, they're playing right now. Yes, they are. You got Zach Veen, Adele Amador, Vladimir Restitua, and Yankee L. Fernandez. There's some good and there's some bad. Um, let's start with the good. Zach Veen. He's coming off of that wrist injury. This is his first real baseball action, which we we've talked about with Luke back in the middle of the season last year. Like when Zine, Veen is healthy, you can tell. Like he produces. When he's injured, you can. There's there is a direct correlation. Injured production's not there. When he's not injured, he is. Go look at his Arizona Fall Leagues after that nice little break after the season in 2022. He was fantastic. When he came back out of the start of last year, it was fantastic. Wrist started creeping up. All of his numbers dropped. Zach Veen in 20, only 26 plate appearances is 23 has an OPS of 1.017. If he stays healthy, 
is he the breakout? Like, did we miss somebody with Zach Veen? Like, this is very, very happy news for all Rockies fans right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he, he spent almost a year in double-A so far. Last year, people were, I think, understandably and irrationally saying, like, hey, let's get him on the opening day roster. That was a year ago. Right. And I'll, nothing good happened after that. <laughs> but we are a year removed from, from like, I think the Rockies probably having some conversations of like, is this kid going to be ready in, in May? You know, it was that kind of thing. Like he could be, he could be here soon. If things worked out the wrist, I, I mean, I think the wrist was, was persisting for a long time. And I, yeah. I it's it a shame that, way, that right? he, he played through that for what seemed like, you know, like eight months. I think he played through that in the fall league. He played through that in the spring, but there was enough rest that it was okay. Uh, but we are a year removed from that. We have him being close to the big leagues. So if he comes in and just eats in spring training, I don't. I don't think there's a chance. He, I, frankly, I'll say it to to quash any you know maybe hopes out there. <laughs> Hard to hear first. He's not going to break camp with the team. It's just not going to happen. They have a roster crunch. He doesn't have to be on the forty man roster. What's going to happen if he plays pretty well this season? Some point in the summer, definitely early fall, he might get that call up. Uh, I mean, not might. If he's playing well, he's going to get a call up later in the season because he's he has to get added to the 40 men in the offseason. Um, so they might just do that a little bit early, take care of business there. But like this is a dude. He he still is, is such a dude at the end of the day. Everything, every box is checked, and people are sleeping because yeah, he you know was he was playing respectably with a wrist that like didn't work. Like he was able to swing the bat, but he could not swing for power at all. And he was still he was still getting on base like at a decent clip. He's so much talent there. He it's, he's it's there to me. He, I mean, he was ahead of Adel Amdor until this this injury kind of stuff happened. Like we're forgetting this is a potential like franchise player, and he hasn't really done much to to turn turn us away from that. That was out of it. That was within his control, I should say. Yeah, the injury thing happened, and that has caused expectations to drop. But I I just don't agree with that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I will also jump on this. Hey, we're letting you know he will not be the center fielder for the Colorado Rockies. Just get off that as well. <laughs> I've been <laughs> saying that from the get go. Zach, yeah, Zach Veen, healthy Zach Veen. I think it's there. It's obviously there. He's going to start in AAA. He's got to start in AAA, right? Like he's going to be an Albuquerque. Um, maybe a June, July if he stays healthy, right? Like he's going to produce, especially in Albuquerque. And he doesn't put that pressure on him. That's kind of where this injury can, came of. With all that hype of the beginning of 2022, I got to perform. I'm, I'm, my name is out there. I'm connected. Hopefully, he takes a, a step back and gives himself that time, that space, that grace to just go ball and just let your talent speak. So, Zach Veen, hopefully, these the rest of his time out there. I mean, he's not going to spend much more time there because the mini camp is in two weeks. I think so. he's. I mean, he's in. I think he's. He's. He's probably already done. Been done already. He's the one guy because his his stint was like truly like rehab. Um, I, I think that's the only reason he ended that's up going so was, was small, get some yeah. reps. And so I think he played for like a week or maybe a week and a half and, and came back to the States, uh, yeah. the, the mainland. I don't, I don't know what you call Puerto Rico. It's not, it's not a state, but it's also part of this country still yeah. technically. So, right. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's back. And so I think he's, I think he probably is already in Arizona, um, you know, getting the work. I think he had a, I think he did, took a little trip to like the Florida Keys with his family. I was, you know, doing the, the some oh, Instagram yeah. creeping. Um, and, and I think he was having some family time. So now he's probably getting into baseball mode back yeah. in, in Arizona. 
getting that grind in. Um, Adele Amador and Vladimir Restituyo. I'm big on Vladimir. His his offensive numbers are still not good, but his defense, like some of the highlights that um, are posted out there about Vladimir are, are good. Um, but Amador, 86 played appearances, only a 672 OPS, but Man is still walking more than striking out 15 <laughs> strikeouts to 13, uh, 15 walks to 13 strikeouts with seven stolen bases. So it's still there. It's winter league. I'm not going to put too much weight on that OPS. Um, with that, the eye is still there, but I think we need to talk about this. This one, this one freaked me out. Like I was, I posted that thing to Twitter about Yankee L being next up. Um, but big concern with the strike strikeouts and walks and that his plate discipline, which kind of went out the window when he got to Hartford, which again, hardest jump to do from high eight to double a, but winter league, 96 plate appearances, 541 OPS, six walks to 27 strikeouts. Concerning with only one home run. Quick math on that 27 divided by 96. You're looking at a 28% strikeout rate. Um, and that walk rate, it's roughly 8%, about what would be MLB average. Concerned. We know he's big. He's got the big pop, the big plate, big plate discipline. That was an issue. At what point do we get concerned about this? from the 20-year-old Yankee Fernandez. I mean, I think he he definitely gets the benefit of a, of another, like, full year. He's still super young. He just turned 21. Like, I think it was – he was a – he's a New Year baby. Like, born on the 1st, so he just turned 21. Just turned. So, absolutely plenty of slack left. But if he doesn't have a good year, right. it's now like, okay, he, he did what a lot of guys do, and that's kill the lower minors, but – is he ever going to really figure out the upper minors to be an MLB regular? Like I'm he's on the 40 man roster. I think it's almost a guarantee at some point he's going to play in the big leagues, but is he going to do so in an impactful way? And, and we, we need to see that happen. I'm not, I'm not worried. Absolutely not worried yet, but that could, that could start to creep very soon. We talked about that last year with Zach Veen, kind of unfair to him again, as we just mentioned. Um, but with that age factor for, for Fernandez, it's even, it's even greater uh, than than what it's been for guys like Drew Romo and Zach Veen. He was 20 in Double A, so I, I think right. that he he deserves another go at that. But you know, the Puerto Rican Winter League is is kind of like a Double A, Triple A level league. You're, there's plenty of former big leaguers and and a few kind of active ish big leaguers. Uh, so it's it's probably in that Double A, Triple A range. And the fact that he didn't really find his stride, it's like, is he going to be ready for Double A uh, again? So yeah. that's going to be the probably the biggest development in this farm system um, is is Yankel Fernandez going to stay in this top five, top ten, or is he kind of going to be sliding back out and and that outfield situation maybe gets more clear, even though less strong. One way to, right. Yeah. And Jordan Beck had the same issues at double A, too. This isn't just a Yankee thing. Jordan Beck crushed high Spokane and still struggled with that. So. Usually, I mean, it took Drew Romo, what, until July to kind of figure out what it was. And then he absolutely crushed the second half of the season. So there is hope there. I'm not, not freaking out just yet, but if, we'll give it some time there. Uh, Dominican League. We have five or six players down there. Julio, Coco, Vladimir played there as well, which is cool. Ularis Montero, Anderson Pilar, and Angel Chavelli. Um, I'm going to let you talk about your boy Julio playing for the Gigantes. 117 play appearances. 849 OPS, 17 stolen bases with 21 RBIs. Is he getting that 26 man spot, Tyler? Are you? you know, I think 
I think he could. Yeah, I think I guess that was on a podcast. Like <laughs> you are on record um, saying that, yes. <laughs> but I, he he also tossed in the the three home runs. He really he really just changed the the trajectory of his stock going into uh, the off season. It was like, okay, this is a guy who's going to be on the radar. But he didn't do great in Hartford. Uh, Smallston Albuquerque was was fine. Um, but this was like a okay. He he's going to be a big leaguer for sure, and he's a good chance to hit to win that spot. Um, the fact that Alan Trejo's still here kind of means he has the inside route on that. But if if Carreras plays better in the spring, I mean Trejo is sort of like I think what they're doing because they like him. He's a he's a great guy. I think they're giving him one more opportunity. Like hey, we want you to come back strong. But if he doesn't, Trejo's spot is is gone, and and Julio Carreras is the logical guy to take exactly. that spot. Yeah. Unless they sign a Harold Castro to a minor league contract, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> but Julio Carreras, just he's checking a lot of boxes. He's fast. He can play all over the infield. I, I think there's some cleaning up that he has to do to to really be a good defender. But he can play shortstop. He can play third. He can play second. Um, so I really like that about him. That it's not just a, you know, Alan Trejo is not like a great shortstop. And I think Carreras could be a could be a great shortstop. Uh, that that's to be seen, but the offense is is kind of back. So I'm I'm hoping he can break with the the club, but yeah. at the same time, some a little extra triple A time probably wouldn't wouldn't hurt either. And he was he was hurt for about two or three months last year too. So cause some of those numbers in Hartford were coming off that injury. Going back to the Zach Bean conversation, like the injuries do affect people. Um, love those numbers. Coco's doing his thing. 106 plate appearances, 810 OPS. Like Julio and Coco, pretty much the same thing. Um, with Julio a little bit uh, more speed with it, but I would put Coco's defense right up there with Julio's. Vladimir Restituya, he played out there, 657 OPS. Eularis Montero, I think we need to spend some time on this man. 129 plate appearances, 23 strikeouts, 11 walks, um, five doubles, zero home runs with a 538 OPS. So like I said earlier, this is a man who's pretty much guaranteed a 26-man roster spot. He has no options left. He is like that depth chart for first base dh that type of stuff what do we take about this 23 strikeouts and 129 is not bad no but... so for him that's that's deep i mean he was never a huge strikeout guy in the minors either but right what what i want to have is a is my naive theory going forward is that this was still him trying to implement some swing changes i think so we, too. we know the rockies were trying to implement last season this is a great time to, to kind of just experiment a little bit and and I think that that should be said about all these guys. Like at the end of the day, this is a this is an opportunity to try things, because um, this is not the the most important baseball that they're going to play this year. Uh, but you know, this is this is getting into that territory with him though, where it's like, is he guaranteed a twenty six man roster spot? I would say the odds on that are, are very high. But if he just doesn't take that step forward to to potentially be a regular at the big league level, they might they might do something. Um, so I, I do want to see him turn things around, but I, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here, as as everyone, again, really should get. Yep. Yeah. And his walk rate is still 8%. So he's still it's still there. So his eyes there. So the no power kind of. Kind That's of, weird. That's kind weird. of supports your I'm working on some things type argument, though. So I think that's actually good because. Montero's only only does swing for pop. So maybe <laughs> maybe um who's the hitting coach? I want to say it was Chi Chi, but what did they call him? I'd say Bam. I think it's Andy Bam. Gonzalez. Oh well Bam Bam Mullins, yeah. Yeah. 
Bam might have sent him something. But yeah, and then Gonzalez is out there coaching somewhere. Um, two pitchers. These are the only two pitchers I could find in our system that are playing Winter League are Anderson Pilar and Angel Javelli. Um, Anderson Pilar, he is kind of all over. He There's no real tra- tra- trajectory for him, but he's always kind of there. I think he plays for like every team. He might even got an isotope call-up last year. But he 11 games, 24 innings pitch, 1.2 whip, 25 strikeouts. So pretty solid there. And then Angel Cavelli recently added to the 40-man, big live arm, doing his thing. Five strikeouts, 5.1 innings pitch, 1.125 whip. So small sample size, but it's a sample size, and he's doing his thing against double-A, like you said, double-A competition, triple-A competition. Shoot, Fernando Tatis is in this league. So let's go major league competition. <laughs> so Angel Cavelli is out there doing things. I think Ramayel Tapia um old friend had a walk-off last night or two nights ago so it's cool to see angel chavelli i think i that gives me the most hope like between him and uh juan mejia recently being added to that i think that's huge to see that kind of piece from him yeah just knowing that there's a couple guys who who have that stuff to get to the big leagues and and are doing all right you know with this again yeah this is probably a triple a plus competition um, cause the, there's some dudes that are, are going and having a little bit of fun for, for a week or two. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's some tough at bats that are going to pop up here and there. So he's, he's definitely doing well. Uh, but the biggest, I think winter league development is Mike Tolia yep. down in the Mexican winter league, 118 plate appearances, 853 OPS, five home runs, but the 38 strikeouts. And I don't know if Mike can get the math on that real quick. 32%. That's like a, a 32% strikeout rate is in the, in the Mexican winter league. Again, these are all these leagues are all pretty respectable. But if Mike Tolia is being tasked as a big league player, I think you have to perform a little bit better down there. However, again, the power is showing up. I like that he's he went to drive line recently, uh, maybe trying to refine his swing swings a little bit. I, it should be swing. I don't think he can really get it done as a right handed bat. But um, there's there's some signs with Tolia, and I, I think what we're going to see though this this spring is Tolia and Montero kind of having like the the duel i think one of their fates will kind of be set uh in spring and if not very early in in, in the season um i don't think either is going to have a long leash but mike Tolia, there's some there's some positive signs and and we would love to see some of that upside click for him yeah i agreed i i'm very happy with this development again if you can strike out 30 percent of the time but still hit five doubles three triples and five home runs in those times time was 13 13 extra base hits. So nobody's going to be mad about that. And you play a gold glove first base. Like, I think that's something that Rockies fans, any fan would be okay with like understanding yeah. that's who you are. Like nobody's going to be mad. At, like you're trying to change that. Like if you're going to strike out, but still give us bombs and doubles, like, and do your thing. That's okay. And being okay with that big strikeout, I think is fine. And I think, also, just like with time, like players just get better with seeing professional pitching with time. And you got to imagine that strikeout stuff would go down unless you're hobby bias, but we won't get into <laughs> that either. <laughs> um, but that's your winter league recap. Most of the leagues are in it soon. Like players are probably going to take this month or so off before reporting to camps and again in February, um, that mini camp in middle of January. So it's promising. Like a lot of, a lot of these young guys are holding their own so to speak in these leagues with big guys that they're facing so it's it's cool to see i'm excited to see what happens i think we have a competition for that utility with coco and julio and trejo seeing what how that plays out in spring training 
Veen being healthy, Del Amador continuing his his prowess. Like, there's there's some conversations there. There's some storylines to follow as break camp. Um, all right, we said 45 minutes, but I want to talk about this, Tyler. Can we can we talk about these three pitchers to debut in 2024? We'll do our snake draft. We'll do our our little thing here. Um, okay, all right. This is fun. This is this is where we like to go back and forth our banter, so to speak. Um. We're not sure. Maybe we kind of do this with each position group going forward. Um, so we're going to start with the starting pitchers. Our three picks of who's going to make their debut uh, for the Rockies this year, um, taking out Anthony Molina. I mean, Patrick Lyons kind of cheated last year, uh, last time. He did this. <laughs> we, we, we didn't set the rules. We let him. He, he'll he's, always he's bend the rules, blinded. but. Yeah, he, he's a journalist. He's good. No, I'm not, I, <laughs> I, I'm not the one to make. I, I like, you know, what everybody, everybody does in that industry. But yes, he's been in the rules with the Anthony Molina. Still pissed off about that. Yeah, still a little upset. Um, <laughs> but we're going to go give our guys our, our three picks of who's going to make their debut reliever or starter. Um, So six guys. I don't know. How do we want to do? do we I guess do we'll get yeah, we'll get three each. We'll do. We have some double pitchers. ups, too. We have some double ups, too. So it won't be too bad. Let's start with the starting pitcher. Um. You can just piggyback off what I said because I want to go first. Um, Jeff Criswell, I think I said it last time on the last spot. I think he's next up. He's I think he's number six, number seven, number eight in the in the rotation, so to speak. Um, you already kind of know what you have in Noah and Carl. You got Ty Block, and then it's Criswell as fastball sits ninety four. His cutter had a thirty three percent whiff rate, which I thought was pretty nice. And Albuquerque, and if you go look at Jeff Criswell's game by game in the PCL. He ended September fantastic. There, there was something figured out in that time. Strikeouts went up, innings went up, pitch count went down. So Jeff Criswell, we traded Chad, Chad Smith for him, who I think also got DFA'd. Yeah, so I think we won that trade, so to speak, as at least as of now. Um, once he makes his major league debut, so I'm I'm saying Jeff Criswell for just the simple fact that he's next up, but his stuff will also be there. Yeah, and he'll have to figure the the home run stuff out, get more on the ground. I think the Rockies are always working towards that with guys. So this could be, this could be a promising year and he's, he's a sleeper to potentially hit that fifth spot at a camp. Like he, yeah, I think he has the stuff to, to be up there with, you know, your Peter Lambert and your Noah Davis guys who are, who are kind of fighting for that right now. Uh, but my number one is, is Tanner Gordon. He got to triple a and just kind of lit it on fire. He had a couple really good starts um, we we had you know learned in the in the or not in the offseason midseason um and after that trade that his stuff is not anything special he's kind of a tweener in a lot of ways like it's a lot of good and it's nothing great but there there's there's maybe some projection that's kind of arguable like whether or not he's actually going to add more mass throw harder and if he does throw a little harder he's he's going to be that mid 90s guy with pretty good command and a couple break or a couple secondary pitches a breaking ball and i think he throws a changeup as well I think he has he has very good odds to to start some games for the Rockies and you know yeah between him and Chris Wall it's, it's sort of a toss up as who might be next they both are you know could be on the forty man any day and mm-hmm. not in the off season but during the season it's like they need a guy one of those is is going to be that that next guy up I think I think they've kind of passed Carl Kaufman unless Ka- Carl like really you know does something this off season to elevate his his game. Ty Block maybe is, is kind of in that hybrid role always, but Gordon and Criswell, they want to be like, all right, these are starters. Let's keep them as starters as long as we can. 
Agreed. Agreed. Um, my number two slash three, it's pretty much the same thing for each one of these guys. So I'm just going to double up. Um, Joe Rock and Carson Palmquist. Uh, I'm going to give the nod to Joe Rock as my number two because he's a friend of the pod. But they're just big lefties with unique arm movements that have big strikeout numbers. Um, Palmquist will have a little bit longer road. He's he's going to probably start in double A this year where Joe Rock did all double a last year so he's definitely next kind of closer to that but it's just having a big strikeout guy coming out of the pin trying to figure out your middle release those one to two innings uh, where you don't know what you're going to do with once the starter goes out i think a joe rock and carson Ponquist could come in and kind of fill those in with big strikeouts but then also give him that rotation you, we've seen the rockies kind of like to ease into bringing in players they kind of did with noah davis they did with carl kaufman they're not just going to throw him into the fire so i think joe rock and carson both have that ability to come in and do that and their strikeout numbers are the best in the system um like it's insane what they can do and the lefty piece so looking at kind of what the roster kind of gives in the prospect list i think those two are kind of the same vein um but one just a little bit older than the other professionally so to speak yeah, and I think both those guys are are sort of those some of the brightest hopes in the system. Just there's there's a lot of boxes checked and in in sort of that theme with Criswell, maybe nothing exceptional about them. I think that what right now what they're doing is combining the sum of their parts to just dominate um in, in the minors. But as as they go, things might start to level out, but I think both will will still be productive and probably crack a big league rotation very soon. So I think those are those are good picks. I'm gonna go with another lefty. Ryan Rollison is my three. Um again had Chris Wall as my two. Rollison at three, the ghost of Rollison. He is who knows if he's real anymore. Um, but we did get a report actually I think yesterday from Thomas Harding that Rollison is throwing again. He had another shoulder cleanup some of these procedures, like we don't hear about them like at all. The guys just disappear yeah. and it's like, what, what happened to him? Like, we don't know what happened with Sam Weatherly and McCade Brown. They're just kind of gone. And it happened with Ryan Rawlison, but we do know now he is throwing. You would think by spring training, he's going to be like ramped up a good bit. Um, and at one point he was like the sixth starter. He was right there on the cusp of pitching in the rotation. And that was when they had a healthy rotation. Yep. So this is someone they, I don't know how highly they think of him anymore. Who knows what this shoulder injury has really done? Um, he might not be a, a even like a low 90s guy anymore. He might be like 89, 91, uh, whereas you, you ideally want to see him like 92, 94. But the pedigree's there. Great feel for that breaking ball. That's what got him drafted in the first round. So if he can just really come back, build up that strength again, maybe he, maybe this is the, the shoulder procedure that he needed to get back to himself. So – I'll go with Ryan Rollison. I think at some point this season, he will at least debut whether yeah. or not that's in the rotation or the bullpen, but kind of viewing him as a starter for now. And I think you said the same exact thing this time last year, which just sucks. Yeah, but yeah, it's, probably. It's, he's still there. He's still on that talent list and he is, he is throwing that, that that was a nice update by Harding that he gave out there. We're definitely hoping the best for Ryan um, relievers. Um, I'm going to go first too <laughs> with this. Dugan Darnell, he he's on the cusp. He finished in AAA last year. He's looking at kind of the list of relievers that haven't made their debut. He's like number two, 
number three next and he's he's the whole reason we have this pod still going so we got to we got to give him a nice little shout out to dudes there but his stuff plays like it's not just us hyping him up he has done it everywhere he's gone uh 25 swinging strike on his changeup, which was ninth in the pcl with over 100 pitches last year um and 44% whiff rate with that. So that changeup is nasty. That was something he was perfecting last offseason. He worked it. He was telling us last year, like he was figuring out how to pitch and how to keep batters off balance instead of just having, I'm going to throw first pitch fastball, second pitch fastball, third pitch changeup. He was working on how to actually pitch against the hitter that was given. And he figured that out. And that changeup is absolutely insane. Just the drop that it has. It's one of my favorite pitches to watch. And so his talent is there. I'm going to be super hyped when he's in purple. Um, it's it's going to be dope. Michigan's going to be ro- rolling over here. Um, but he's I, he's definitely next. He's got to be next on that list. He's Yeah. Kid I mean, I, the props. I think he's a good start in AAA away from like, all For right, sure. let's, let's give this kid a shot. I mean, he's defied every expectation and and there's legit MLB stuff there like that that change up split change that he's got is is an MLB pitch to say the least it's it's really good so I'm excited for him he was my number two relief pitcher so he snagged him I gotta snag one away from you now yeah <laughs> this is kind of one of the obvious ones he's already on the 40 man and so it's sort of cheating uh but it's he just has such an explosive arm and his so his breaking ball could be could be a, a real weapon um potentially an upper nineties guy with a, a real hammer breaking ball. So uh, watch out for Mejia. He could, he could get the job done very soon. That control stuff is a little weird. Uh, he's got to clean that up, but the stuff is there to be like a back of the bullpen kind of guy. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see him develop. I do. I'm going to go out on a limb. This is my hot take. I think he does make quick work of Albuquerque and I think he's in purple been late July, August or yeah, no, Reverse that. He's going to make quick work or double A. He'll be in Albuquerque by June, July, um, and maybe a September call up. Uh, his stuff is just too nasty not to. And then I know you love this guy. I might have taken him from you, but South Seth Halverson was the one draft pick that made his way up the ranks. Did he pitch triple A last year? Not quite, but he got double A. He was there. That the triple digits. Nobody's in the system now that um, Michael. Michael Peterson left. I don't think anybody's in the system with triple A triple digits. Halverson is that guy. It'd be sweet to have like Justin Lawrence and Halverson kind of go back and forth with those different looks. Big different power would be sweet. Um, obviously the Rockies see something at Halverson. I think there's a quick trajectory to the top. Wouldn't it be surprised if he started in triple A, um, but they'll probably start him with double A just because I think the competition and the, what the PCL is, <laughs> you got to be a little bit worried about. So I think he starts in double A, makes quick work. And I, I can see him in purple too, pretty quickly, just the way they ran him out there last year. Yeah. And that'd be awesome to get a draft pick like in the big leagues within be so sick. a year, year and a half, like by the end, by the end of that first full season, he definitely could. And last year he touched one one a lot in college, not a lot, but he touched one one multiple times in college, hit a hundred a good bit. There's some there was inconsistency in college, so I'm, I'm curious to see how like the pro like arm care and all that works out for him. Like, because if he can sit routinely like 98 to 100, he will he'll hit the big leagues very very soon. That would be so much fun, man. <laughs> that would yeah. be so much fun. And and it would be a real like boost to like what everyone thinks about their their draft and, and their scouting department. Like, I think they do a good job on that amateur side, and and they yeah. just don't get credit because so much 
is is stuck together with the Rockies of of not being great. Uh, but my my third reliever is Brendan Hardy, who we we talked about on on the the Patrick Lyons pod about a month and a half ago after the the Rule Five draft, um, taken from the yeah. the Mets in that that minor league section of it. He pitched in Double A last year in in just a couple of outings, but it's been rock solid everywhere he's been. Um, the, the control is pretty good. He, he's in, he's in and around the strike zone a lot, but the strikeout stuff is, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, how many strikeouts he got last season, but it was close to like two an inning, um, was, was sort of his pace. He was, he was going crazy with the strikeouts. So he's someone he's, he's, you know, 93, 96, really good breaking ball. So I'm hopeful that he can be that like minor league rule five guy that actually makes an impact on, on the big league team. They have a lot of guys who do do well in the minors and, and contribute valuable time stability to those minor league teams. But I think Hardy can be that guy that they take and actually makes a big, big league kind of, you know, impact, impact relative. It's hard to, to guess whether guys are going to like really hit the ground running at the big league level. But I think he's a good bet to do that. I, I think you're right with that. Yeah. Across those three leagues. So Mike got you 54 strikeouts, 34 innings pitched across three leagues. That's a high, a double a. So we'll be interesting to see how that plays out. He played in the Arizona fall league. He did four strikeouts and 5.1 innings. Um, so sorry, probably starting double a that. Yeah. I, th- I think the big strikeout number guys, I mean, obviously, right. It's kind of always a thing. I think they're going to make the biggest thing because the Rockies don't really have that out of the pin. They they need they had the ground ball guys, but we need the strikeout guys. They just come in and get one or two quick outs and find a way to get third. I think would be huge. So the swing and miss, the whiff rates, those kinds of things. Like I said earlier, we're going to be watching these pitchers. I think pretty closely this this season, just seeing where they are. That draft class is huge. Where the development of these guys that they've drafted over the last few years, uh, like Jaden Hill, like he. He was good in relief in the Arizona Fall League. So where is he coming in? Um, Jared Candy, he's out there. Carson Palmquist. Like, there's a lot of talent happening. Um, and there's a whole bunch of names I just didn't say that were in those minor. Um, Michael Porchecki going down to Fresno. Like, it's there. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be see, interesting to see who's going to make that call. Um, but we, we're we going to do something special. I have no idea. We need to get the team on it when Dugan Darnell makes his debut. I <laughs> Going on record, too. <laughs> no, no pressure. We love Dukes. But when he makes his debut this year and we're, we're going all in on something, no idea what, hopefully it's in Detroit. Not another there. song, another song. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we need to get Mike, uh, or John, John Snodgrass back on here. Um, <laughs> we'll try that. Uh, so I don't, we have, so let's wrap it up here. No idea what our content looks like going forward. No idea when we're going to be able to do this. We have some, we're talking, we're figuring things out. Um, but when things ramp up, We'll ramp it up a little bit. I think there's some prospect talk we can still go into. Um, but once the season starts, we'll try to go weekly with the minors going forward, um, bi-weekly and maybe until then. Just keep keep with us. We're, we'll do the best we can, do the best what we can for you all. Um, I don't think I have any plugs. Blakesreadvanter.com. <laughs> not, not happening on there. Go find us on all the socials. Um yeah, we we'll really start ramping up on Twitter before once we see us like tweeting like 20 times a day again, then then you'll know the pods are probably coming a little bit. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. Um, so take care, be easy. Uh support us, support your people, support all of Rockies media. Uh, they all do a fantastic job. And as always, go rocks, minor league affiliates. 
Woo!